the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are back in Genesis chapter 8 today as we take our final look at a message that Pastor Jessica Stand has entitled, Safe Only in Him. Genesis 8 and a look at Noah, next on Way of Grace. has been built, the flood has come, and now it's over, and it's time to reset. Hi there, and welcome. This is, as mentioned, Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan, who takes us back to Genesis chapter 8 today, verses 15 through 19. It's the new Adams family, uh, pardon the pun. The old world is remembered, and the new world is anticipated. It's all a time to reset Join us for today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Here's Pastor Jessica Stan. God's judgment is on the world. The boat has risen up above that judgment, but now it's time to leave. And God is moving Noah and his whole family to a whole new territory. Y'all keeping up with me. And by the time the boat stops, it's on one of the highest hills in that region called Ararat. That's chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. Listen to it. We then just took a journey, have we not? That boat's floating on the water because the rains have stopped. So it's quiet, but the boat is floating. Now, Noah and his wife and his kids, they're not going to be foolish enough to get out the boat because God didn't tell them to. So they just getting ready to ride it out. They're happy now because you listen, when the torrents came down, it hit that boat hard. They had to deal with it. Have you ever been in a situation where the hail coming down was so big and so fierce that you were worried about it busting your roof in? I know y'all from California, y'all don't know anything about this, but you go to the south and it'll tear your roof up. It'll break your windshield. And imagine the waters coming down, destroying everything around that ark. So it was hitting the ark hard. And mama and daddy and the kids had to adjust, didn't they? So the fear of the Lord was with them. The grace of God's soberness was with them. They had to believe that that ark would protect them for that 40 days. Did it not? Did they not? I'm just trying to tell you that faith is not some automatic thing that you just get it and put it in your pocket and keep going. Your faith is going to be tried even when you're walking in obedience. That family had to believe that boat would hold up because after all, if the boat rose up but didn't hold up, it means they're going to sink even further than everybody else. And God would have been a liar again. But see, God knows how to keep his people, does he? God knows how to keep his people and the waters returned off the earth continually. And at the end of 150 days, where the water what? 
That's how long Noah and them had to hang out. 150 days is five months. Y'all got that? Five months is another symbol of God's wrath and judgment. It's the language of Revelation chapter 9. And for five months, God will plague men with judgments. And they will want to die. They will seek death and will not find it. Five months. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so for five months, the water is still destroying humanity while Noah and his family are floating on it. And God stops them on Ararat. Verse four. Look at verse four. And the ark what? And the ark what? One more time. And the ark what? The name of Noah is rest. His daddy said it back in chapter 5, verse 20, and I will name him Noah, for he will bring rest to his people. Now Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will rest you. Now the reason he rests us is because we're in Christ. And when you're in Christ, you're rested in every way. Because every believer in Christ is the bride of Christ. You ladies who are taught by me in women's theology class, you understand that rest means to have someone who takes care of your every need. So when a man has a, when a woman has a good man, she has entered into a rest because his job is to provide for her and protect her and they produce family. Am I making some sense? When Jesus says, I am your rest, it means I am to marry him by faith and recognize that he provides for me everything necessary for life and godliness through a knowledge of him. Hence, my dear sister, the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus, Sister Ruth, her mother-in-law Naomi said, We will not stop until you find rest in the arms of another man. See, the Jewish women understood the fundamental objective was to find a Jewish brother so you guys can propagate the seed. That Jewish brother is called to be a real man. His job is to bring rest to the home. Noah is bringing rest to his family's home. He brought it when he obeyed God. He brought it when the family went in. He's getting ready to bring it again, is he not? Because Noah becomes for us a picture of Jesus. Did Jesus bring us rest? Does Jesus take care of us totally? Yes, he does. If we obey him, if we're a hard-headed, rebellious wife, then we won't find his blessings in our life. Then we're out hustling ourselves. That means all we wanted was his name, but we're going to work on our own. That's Isaiah chapter 4, by the way. Seven women will lay hold of one man, saying, let us be called by your name and we'll earn our own living. That's the harlot church. The true church trusts Jesus completely. Am I making some sense? I mean, you know, think about it. I got y'all for a few more minutes. I, I, I respect Ms. Noah. She did 100 years with that brother. Then she went in with him. Did you hear what I just stated? She went on in and she went through the battle with him. She did not abandon him. So you know she had to fight against all of the carping accusations that came against her man by her sister girls out there. When all he was doing was the will of God. And in our generation, Noah would have been all by himself today. 
I know that for a fact. I already told you last week, marriage is hard. And we can pretend we're believers and we can find out we're not believers. Am I making some sense, children of God? I love Ruth. She's a ride or die chick. (laughs) Naomi, your people are mine. Where you go, I'm going. Where you live, I'm living. Where you die, I'm dying. She ain't even done. Where you're buried, I'm buried. That woman is ready for a Boaz, is she not? Boaz comes along by the providence of God, and now she's the richest woman in all of Bethlehem. She just went through hell, and God brought her out and blessed her because she trusted him. So let the lessons come. Let them come, ladies and gentlemen. Let them come. It's God speaking. I'm not speaking to you. It's God speaking to you in these dark, crazy days where we complain about everything. When God is so good to us, we have no reason to complain. He's good, isn't he? Yes. And the ark rested on, in the seventh month on the seventh day on the, uh, of the month on the mountain Ararat. Now, you can speculate all you want to. Your speculations are going to be in vain because if you don't have a starting point, you don't have the integrity for a finishing point. Did I make some sense right there? If you don't have a starting point, you don't have the integrity for a finishing point. We know where he is, but we don't know where he came from. What we do know is that he vacated the place that God designated as the judgment. And when the waters abated, he's exalted rather than abased. He lives on the mountaintop. And there's a whole lot that could be said about that. Am I making some sense? By the time the waters are abated, Noah and his family are exalted. They're living on the top of the mountain. The mountain is a symbol of the kingdom of God. They're living at the peak of God's kingdom because now they got to be the new Noah's family. All right, I'm going to make a few more observations and I'm out. I hope this brought some light to you guys in terms of what it means to be in Christ, especially in tribulation. Point number two, it's safe to enter. Point number three, it's over for good. Do you see it? Point number three is over for good. I want to call our attention to two really interesting things that happened in chapter eight. Verse five and six, notice what it says. And we're going to be describing now what is called the effect of the judgment. I want to touch on that. And then I want to deal with my final sub point there. And that'll be it for us today. Notice what it says. And the waters decrease continually on the 10th in the 10th month until the 10th month. And in the 10th month on the first day of the month were the tops of the mountain. What? Now that means the water is doing what? Abating. So there's a couple things give you some insight into it. So what God is doing now, he's allowing the sun to work vigorously to dissipate and dry up the water because he's going to dry up the land significantly more than usual. Okay, because it's time for Noah to get out. So what we're really seeing is an ecological and geological miracle taking place. The water is abating and the ground is going to dry. But God wants Noah to test it. So listen to what it says in verse six, verse six. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark, which he had made. Now, where was the window saints? Was it behind? Was it in front? Was it on side? No, it was on top. It was a lid. 
There was a lid. The safest place for the window was a lid. And that lid was covered by pitch. Remember, it's protected. So by the time they are seeing the waters abating, that means Noah was, he must have started digging through the ark and looked out a little pee hole. You got used to pee hole. Y'all see that? He could do that. He could do that because the waters are done. No more rain. Now he needs to know how close are we to exiting. And so he looks out. Oh, I can see, I can see mountaintops. So he opens the lid. I would too. I mean, it's still stinking in there. Every day is getting worse and probably getting, you know, reminded by his wife. Okay, Noah, when we leaving? When are we leaving? Okay. (laughs) Us married people, we know, don't we know? I got to go to the Lord. Lord, I don't know. You got to give a brother something. Give me something because my wife wants to leave now. The waters have abated and you got to hang out. Just because the rain stopped doesn't mean you get out the boat. Let me keep you for a few more minutes. I want you to get this. Just because the rain stops doesn't mean you get out the boat. You only get out the boat the same way you get in the boat. And that's by God's command. This is the thing we got to learn this year, saints. This is the thing you got to learn. You got to learn to hear God's voice. You got to learn to do what God says. See, we love to move and do whatever we want to when we want to. Can I get a witness? And then you're going to tell God what you thought. <laughs> but I'll tell you something with this analogy I'm about to close with. You don't want to do that. You don't want to get out the box before it's time. So Noah was smart. Noah opened the box and he tested whether it was a fit season to get out. Verse number seven says this. Genesis 8, 7. And he sent forth a raven. Do you see that? And the raven went what? Forth to and fro until the waters dried up from off the earth. Y'all see that? So let me share something with you. This raven was not a boomerang. That'll come home in a moment. It's not a boomerang. Noah knew what he was doing when he sent a raven out. Because a raven is two things. Like the eagle, it is a carnivorous bird. It's looking for flesh. When that raven got out the box, he sang hallelujah, praise the Lord, because there was flesh everywhere. Do you hear me? He said, heaven must be like this. I'm talking about the raven. Am I telling the truth? Did he say, the Lord is good. I ain't got to go back up in that box and hang out with the rest of those dudes. I got flesh everywhere. And so he eats and never comes back. And you know what Noah said? I thought so. I thought so. God's not done with his judgment yet. So he says, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send out another bird. This bird is a dove. Now, what we know about the dove that's different than the raven, which the raven and the eagles and the vultures are all alike. Jesus said, wherever you see the eagles, that's where the carcasses are. 
is a symbol of the judgment of God. Am I making some sense? I could go a long history all the way from Deuteronomy to Matthew 24 to Revelation 19. It's the last symbol of the great battle that Jesus fights against this wicked world system before he brings it to an end. But all throughout history, Christ is on his throne using the kingdoms of this world to punish the wicked. And so this bird is out there enjoying flesh. But the dove, unlike the raven, is a clean bird. He does not eat dead flesh. The the dove is looking for vegetation. His job is to find trees. And he does it. Chapter 8 tells us very explicitly. He comes back because he can't find anything. So Noah brings him in. You know that. And he hangs out another seven days. These seven-day cycles are Jewish principles of worship. They know that. You and I don't know that they do. This is not arbitrary. Noah worshiped God. So he hung out for seven days, and then he sent that bird back out. And do you know when that bird finally came back, what that bird had in his mouth? An olive leaf. Which not only means that he found the ground to be dry, but the trees to be bearing fruit. It's in a season where when Noah and his family come out, they have a foundation under them and food to eat. Am I making some sense? But because the dove is a clean bird, the dove actually is bringing back an olive leaf. And again, the first auditors would have understood the olive leaf is a representation of the promises of God in Abraham to have a people called a olive tree. The olive tree is the combination of Jew and Gentile in Abraham. According to Romans chapter 11, he's the father of a multitude of nations. He's the father of all believers. Am I making some sense? And more than that, the olive tree is a symbol of the Holy Spirit and his anointing capacity to bless God's people with illumination and light and his presence to get them from here to there. So when this dove comes back with the olive branch, it is tantamount to what we read in Matthew 4, around verse 16 and 17, that when Jesus is baptized, the heavens open up. And the Father says, this is my beloved Son. And the Spirit of God descends like a dove. And remains upon Jesus because all three persons are the grounds of our salvation and the promise of our eternality. Am I making some sense? So Noah is getting a promise from God that he can get out of the boat now. And the reason he can get out is because in Christ, all of our sins have been paid for. The death of Christ has swallowed up all of our sins. The Holy Spirit is testifying to the fact that there's not one sin left. The promises of God are good. All of the sins of all of God's people have been paid for. Now we have passed from death to life through Jesus Christ. We can come out of the ark into newness of life. Am I making some sense? That is the message of Noah and his family in the eighth chapter of Genesis. A beautiful, beautiful, beautiful point. And it's over for good. 
And the last point, I'll just state it, it's time for a reset. Y'all got that? All right. Time for a reset. Not, not, not going to develop it, I promise you. I'm going to let you go. Here's what I've discovered about the wicked in our world. Here's what I've discovered. And this might help you understand the patterns, the, the paradigms. Our governments. Our governments. And anyone who ends up being as diabolical as the devil. We're getting ready to work on the fallen angels on Tuesday. Let me get this to you. You can go home with it. Any institution, any uh, governmental system, or any structure of, of academic or intelligence, any of them across the world where men are in it, that don't fear God, will ultimately take the gifts that they have and turn them into weapons of war against God. Listen to me as I close. Every institution, not just one, the whole world lies in the lap of the wicked one. In the science department, in the medical department, in the business department, finance department, in the health department, in the educational department, entertainment, across the whole spectrum. When men and women don't fear God, their gifts will be turned into weapons against God. And they will want to be like God. And they will not tolerate anyone who worships anything but them. And this is where you and I have to go to war. Am I making some sense, children of God? This is where you and I have to go to war. So watch this. Some fool over in Europe thought that he could gather together 200, 300 men. And they talk about resetting the whole world. Now, you're ignorant if you don't know what I'm saying. You got a whole bunch of people away at the top, arrogantly thinking they can tell us what's best for us. Are y'all listening to me? And they're going about to do it. And then you look up and things have changed. And then you and your intentional naivete or ignorance say, what happened? And the reason why you're going, what happened is because you didn't listen to Noah. You didn't listen to Noah. Are y'all hearing me? Because when you don't listen to the prophet, you cannot know what God knows and what the prophet knows. The Lord does nothing but that he reveals it to his servants first. Jesus let Israel know that a reset was coming. He let them know. He told his disciples when they were enamored about that temple, Matthew 24. Y'all keeping up with me? Look at the temple, Lord. Look at the temple. Because they were temple-centered instead of God-centered. Jesus already knew the devil was in the temple. He says, in 37 years, gentlemen, all this is coming down. Because I'm going to start a whole new thing. And it would be called a reset. Now, God has been doing resets from the beginning of time. The first reset you are looking at, this, the first one you see in your Bible, is when God drives Adam and Eve out of his home. Reset number two is this flood. Y'all keeping up with me? Reset number three is three chapters later with the destruction of the Babylonian temple. Reset number four is when God takes up Abraham and says, arise, move and go and starts a whole nation of people who will be called the holy people of God that will protect the coming of Jesus. 
Reset number five is when Jesus said, all this will be torn down and the gospel will go into all the world. Are y'all hearing me? You and I got two resets to go if the number seven is significant. What I'm saying to you is the wicked love to pretend to be God. Because if they can reset this world, they will be in control of us in every aspect of our life. If we let Amen. We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, growing in His grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.